Hello, I'm Charlie Wyckoff, Retina Specialist in Houston, Texas. Great to be here with uh, two amazing individuals tonight, Carmen Puliafito, Retina Specialist, California, and then our guest of honor tonight, Eugene Dewan. He is Professor of Ophthalmology at UCSF, and before this, he has held numerous leadership positions at institutions such as Doheny, Wilmer, and Duke. He was past president of ASRS, and in my opinion, he is easily our most productive innovator in retina with hundreds of patents and hundreds more pending. Um, and most recently this year in 2023, ASRS awarded Dr. Dewan with uh, the Gertrude Pyron Award in recognition of outstanding visual science research. Uh, Eugene, great to be here with you. First of all, congratulations on a momentous award, another one for you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Charlie, and uh, a real honor and pleasure to be here with you guys. So I'm, so I'm going to jump in, Eugene. You've, you've done so much over the course of your career and, and obviously a lot more coming. When you look back, and then we'll look forward eventually, but when you look back, what are some of the, the highlights along your career so far? Um, <laughs> that's kind of a, you know, it, it should be a really easy question, but it's the highlights are, you know, the kind of the journey the the talk I gave was, you know, the path uh, less traveled. And uh, I had no idea that I would be doing the things I ended up doing including being a professor early on at Duke or going as a resident to, to Johns Hopkins. That's were just things that were just not in my brain. And, uh, you know, and that journey was just uh, progressive disclosure. Now, most people now know that I've started a bunch of companies and had some success and been involved in lots of technologies, but I really... <laughs> really didn't kind of start with that and had to kind of discover that all almost on my own. You know, it was uh, the the world has changed as Carmen knows very well and and, and you too. It's uh, so uh, what are the things uh, early on, you know, thing, odd things like, uh, you know, working on ROP surgery and not being able to dilate the, the stage five sock down irises on those uh, stage five eyes and coming up and needing some little flexible retractors that would, uh, that would, you could put in the baby's orbit, you know, so between the lids. And so it had to be metal ones wouldn't do it. So, there were 500 of those cases in the United States a long time ago. And uh, I remember Mike Cobo uh, was a cataract surgeon at Duke asking if he, you know, could be used for cataract surgery. And I said, I don't know, but maybe. And that, so that turned out to be a, a you know, a pretty big thing still is used. Uh, making smaller instruments was always kind of a, a theme uh particularly on those difficult uh, eyes when, you know, things before, before things like, um, before things like uh, Lucentis or Alea or whatever, we, we didn't have any way to return vision. And so the idea of translocation, which was really uh, something that Machmer 
pushed uh, on me as a fellow, uh, just, you know, cutting the, the retina 360 and rotating it. Uh, I never liked that. We came up with uh, actually working with uh, a Japanese fellow, Kasuyuki Mai at Hopkins came up with this idea of a limited translocation, you know, not cutting the retina 360. And I, you know, I had four or five physicians that were only odd that we were able to return to vision that they could continue to practice. And so, I mean, that, that was kind of heroic surgery. And then the, the whole idea of things going towards kind of drug delivery. Um, uh, so that was, that was almost fortuitous. I, yeah. I had patents on uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitors to inhibit neovascularization and and indications in diabetic retinopathy. And I know people are still following that path. Yeah. But you know, the, some of the early patents on that were were ours, mine, and but that's not what people wanted at the time. They wanted a a, a way of getting steroids in the eye. Yeah. And so we made this little, Carmen will remember this, a little corkscrew-looking device that right. uh, that, uh, that eluded uh, steroid for like three years. The thing I liked about it is that if you didn't want the steroid there, you could just rotate it out as yeah. opposed to something like um, uh, some of the more permanent implants. Yeah. So, I mean, I, there, there are a lot of things. I mean, a lot yeah. of instruments, a lot of... Uh, smaller things but that's that's it's really kind of hard to to list them uh for me when you so, were younger were you uh an inventor did you like fiddling with things making things up building things or not? i tell you what i like well uh, i think i have an active imagination so on one hand my grandfather fixed things he would uh, he would go to the to the goodwill, buy a broken washing machine or broken stove or broken iron, whatever it is, he would bring it back. He would fix it because it was usually pretty simple, you know, some little thing like a switch or, uh, you know, a heating element or a belt on a on a washing machine, and he would fix it and he would spray paint the 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 machine and and sell it to a young couple and so he had all these tools you know ancient tools that uh, that and it was so it was kind of fun thinking about fixing stuff and i i you know most kids kind of like would play with a toy until it broke when the when the toy broke i got interested in trying to fix it so it was really uh, i wouldn't say i was inventive uh, as much as I was, uh, just really enjoyed thinking about things. And the, the idea about instruments came into my brain because my father was ophthalmologist. He, he, uh, he used all these instruments in, in you know, Calibre, uh, 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 Viejo, uh, you know, these types of instruments that had these names on them. And I thought, Wow, if you really wanted to be famous, all you had to do is make some little instrument and put your name on it. So uh, I thought, well, I'll, I'll try that. And uh, 
there's no real there's I don't have any instruments with my name on them but uh still uh that's kind of how the idea got started but I'm not wasn't an engineer you know wasn't I I was trained as a biochemist uh but that's that's how that happened so, so in retina let's talk about where your ideas come from I mean what's the secret sauce is are they all born like when i hear you describe some of the examples now both from childhood and as well as in retina it's sort of born out of observation careful observation ways to do things better is that where your ideas come from you see something and you and you imagine a better future or where where do you get your ideas yeah uh, there's no question for me it's uh, seeing the problems and uh, i uh, uh seeing the problems whether it's a you know terrible problem like a child going blind from rop or adolescent going blind from rp or a you know uh, somebody going blind from you know pvr or whatever it is it uh, it was just totally motivating to to fix those things and you know now things are more complex you know we the the biology that we understand is much more well understood and uh and that doesn't make things simpler it makes it you know in a way more difficult uh so uh, but i mean it's still compelling you know to try to fix some of these problems and and so obviously it's not me i, I have some good ideas i'm working on a uh, a, an accommodating lens, you know, just a regular, say a regular old accommodating lens, you know, that basically doesn't exist one. And, you know, and I'm thinking, well, it's pretty simple. Ciliary body goes in. It seems like if you had two little arms and it was next to the ciliary body and the ciliary body went in during accommodation, could push on a little balloon and it would change shape. And we've been working on that eight years. And, uh, you know, this this week, I mean, we we it absolutely works 100%. I mean, there's that we have 2020 absolutely across the full range. You know, how how in the world does a retina guy get involved in that kind of stuff? You know, it's because he's a little crazy. Uh, okay, that that was my idea. But seven years and a whole company and millions of dollars, you know, it's, sooner or later it stops being your idea and uh, really is taken on by, you know, everybody else that is, is driving it. And, but it's a whole lot of fun to be on that bus with everybody. So accommodating lens, that would be tremendous, obviously incredibly valuable. What else, what else are you working on now that you're excited about? Uh, well, we uh, the the latest uh, big thing is uh, that we've been working on. One is with uh, Greg Hageman on uh, everybody's focused on complement and complement inhibition and and earlier AMD GA and and also uh, intermediate AMD. And you know, I've known Greg for. 30 years. And I've watched, I remember when he first started talking about inflammatory components in Drusen, 
I said, no way, you know, <laughs> it's just not possible. You know, of course, steroids don't work. You know, that's just not right. And then, uh, of course, it was right. And uh, then he came up with this, uh, the genetics of that and learning it. And so I, I remember, again, six or seven years ago, telling Greg, I want to help you. You know, I know how to do companies and stuff. And Angela McFarlane had just kind of finished with the port delivery system uh, on V4 and, you know, handed it off to Genentech. And I said, I know a person that could really help you, Greg. And we started this company now called Perceive. And uh, not only that, working with Don Zach, you know, Charlie, you probably know Don. And and, and I know Carmen knows Don. And uh, Derek Wellsby, and they had come up with this idea of a very protective, neuroprotective agent called DLK. Uh, and, you know, we put those company, those two efforts together in a company we call Perceive. And so gen gene therapy on one side and a small molecule on the other. And it's a big deal. They've, they've raised about 90 million in that company. And uh, yeah. I'm the, uh, they couldn't figure out what to do with me. So they called me chief strategic officer. You tell me what that is, and I'll uh, no, <laughs> I'll do it. I'm happy to do it. I just don't know what it, fully what it is. But it, putting smart people, it used to be my ideas. I say a lot more commonly, but now I don't care. I, I, I just want to be part. But Eugene, there's a lot of talk in the sort of literature, if you will, the lay literature, if you will, about sort of biohacking, right? Like how to optimize function, health span, lifespan, all these books outlive, for example. And they're like intermittent fasting, regulating your sleep, caffeine, no caffeine, all this stuff. Give us a couple, couple insights into your sort of daily cycle. How much do you sleep? What do you do to get the engine running? What do you do to maintain it? How, how do you maintain this level, level of energy for so long? Uh, so it, it's pretty, I don't do anything I should do. Uh, so uh, sorry, Charlie, I listened very carefully to your award uh, last year <laughs> about, you know, sleeping and uh, I sleep okay, but I, everything else I kind of, uh, I'm trying intermediate fasting, but I'm, you know, I can do it for two or three hours. <laughs> and uh, But it, it's, uh, I, I, um, for sure, the thing that gives you energy is you know, working with absolutely fantastically smart people. I've, I've been at, you know, during my training, being at Wilmer when everybody was at Wilmer, you know, in my year, you know, people like Paul Sternberger the year before, Andy Shackett, or, and, you know, Peter McDonald was a medical student and, and Neil Bressler was a medical student. I mean, just all these kind of people, and, but had super teachers and super people around you. And then going to Duke, working with Mockamer, him asking you to, you know, for nine years being his partner, having you know, essentially at that time, the, the best retina, the most exciting retina development, uh, I think anywhere in the world. And then, you know, going back to Wilmer and 
taking people like Mark Humayan with you and Vas Sada was a medical student with me, you know, and we took a bunch of people as Carmen knows to, to, to USC and Doheny. And uh, that was, I think it was just, and now it's the same, just working with fantastic people. And it's just super, for me, super exciting. And the other thing is, it matters to me, you know, it really matters. I mean, it's, I think doctors in general, we feel like that, you know, why do we get up in the middle of the night and help somebody? Mm. It's just because that's what we want to do. And we're so happy to, happy to do it. You know, not in that one second, we're not happy to get out of bed, but yeah. in the second second we're, we're on it. And it's something like that. It's at this point, I, I don't know what I'm going to do if when I, you know, people say, well, what are you going to, when are you going to retire? <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I don't see that coming very, very <laughs> soon. A lot, 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 lot of great nuggets in there. So maybe I'll ask you one more question, which is, you know, for all the young innovators out there, the people with ideas that are bubbling to the surface, they, they don't really know where the next step is, wherever they are in that journey in their mind with some creative idea. What, what, what advice, big or small, would you give, would you give the other people in the space? Well, uh, I think first of all, uh, solving the problem, you know, talking to some, there are enough people that if you, I've never had anybody that I asked for advice, not give it to me, you know, even somebody who's competitor or, or whatever it is, you know, the, the retina guy across the city, you know, that competes with you. If you need to get something, you know, you ask him, it'll, he'll tell you. And uh, so I, I really think, number one, you know, ask people who know better than you about the field. And, and you know, so you it kind of morphs into like a, a mentoring, mentoring type of situation. And it, that goes both ways. I mean, it, it, it is really interesting how that that's a connection that is. I don't want to say organic, but it's, it's not, it, it has to work naturally. Yeah. And uh, so you find people you like who wants, that want to listen to you, that you want to listen to. And then, uh, and then it almost never ends up being exactly what it was your idea, you know, something like that. I, I, it changes, it morphs, you know, it's, you started, the fire, but the, it turns into something else. And so it's a really, you know, one step in front of the other. And if it's what you want to do, as best I can tell, the only people that are not successful, and I'd love to hear Carmen or you tell us on those things too, it's just, if you want to try to solve a problem, make sure it's an important one, and go after it as hard as you can. And being a part is just as good as being the lead. And, and uh, so my, my advice is sure, go for it. I, I, I don't think it's that hard. I, I can do it if it, if it was that hard. It, it's, it's like doing a garden, you know, you just, 
I don't know anything about gardening, but I guess if I spent my life doing it, I'd be, I could do it. Good advice. Eugene, thanks for coming on. Thanks for all you do for our space. Thanks for all you brought to our space. Look forward to many new adventures together to come. Thanks. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you, Eugene.